Welcome back to Seriously Funny. I'm your host, Mashnur Kabir, and I created Darkness. This week, we talk about a topic that I'm super passionate about. This is one of the biggest philosophies that kept following me around when I started my journey on being a depressed person that thought they were a philosopher. But uh, I hold it near and dear to the squirrel running on a wheel that I call my heart. I don't know if this one episode will be able to do it justice or if I'll be able to do the topic justice here myself since I started writing the script two days before I'm recording during exam week. Actually, I had my math exam yesterday and I have my computational engineering exam tomorrow. Uh, Yeah. When I'm recording this, at least when this episode comes out, I will have finished and hopefully pass all of my exams. And then I hope to get in some work and hopefully grow this podcast. But enough rambling on the topic, but a little bit more rambling. I did not hit record when I started recording this podcast. Man, I'm so lucky I caught that before I was like seven effing topic. That would have sucked. But regardless, I'm a stoic. So here we are, of course. Balance is one of those topics that has followed me for years. I think from around 7th grade to 11th grade, which maybe 6th grade to 11th grade, which is around 5 to 6 years, I was constantly thinking about balance. And not because it was this one topic I couldn't crack, but it was because so many other things that I would think about would always come back to this idea of balance. Sometimes we look in the past and we find beautiful things, like the ancient story of people once being dual creatures with two heads, four arms, two of everything that we have now, and those humans were so powerful that they threatened the gods, and so one day Zeus up and chopped everyone in half, and the reason humans chase love is in order to find that other half. I find that to be a super nice story, at least, but this idea of balance, it is truly so beautifully and succinctly explained by the yin-yang symbol. Hopefully you've seen it before, I'm sure you have. It depicts a circle, and within that circle are two shapes that I can't really describe, they're weird shapes, but one of them is usually white and the other is usually black, and then within the white shape there's a black dot, and within the black shape, there's a white dot. This symbol is immaculate and truly magnificent in encompassing so much of the nature of the universe using extremely simple pen strokes. I am in love with this symbol. It is absolutely fabulous. The reason it's fabulous is how much it says. First, we have duality. We might have light and we might have darkness and They are mended together in such a manner that they fit perfectly together. They are different, but they are one. Finally, there's... Finally? Why do I say finally? Yeah, I was playing around, moving my script around. Not finally. Secondly, there's the detail of the black dot and the white dot being in you know the opposite regions without the white side you cannot have the black side and without the black side you cannot have the white side they require the existence of the other in order to exist themselves the black side is pinned by the white dot and the white side is pinned by the black dot. It also shows that within the light, there must be darkness, and within darkness, there must be light, which is generally white. This white and black represent, you know, light and darkness, holy and evil, good and bad. You get the point. It does not place one above the other. The light isn't greater than the darkness, nor the darkness greater than the light. They are both equal in every sense, completing one another. With my drooling over a drawing over, what do all of these translate to? 
The first one is that duality. Humans have been able to group things generally into two broad categories, good and bad. That's happened since we didn't have language and starving, dying, tigers. Those were bad things, and we have good things as well. Although those who might be, you know, those two, like good and bad, might be spectral rather than categorical, they are still two categories, uh, good and bad, holy and evil, light and darkness, positivity and negativity. Of course, in enlightenment, there is no good or bad comparison. Enlightenment exists outside or in the space between the black and the white of the yin-yang symbol. But this one, this episode isn't about enlightenment. So two categories, the yin-yang shows first that, that categorical separation. Uh, The second thing I said was that they are mended together in a way where they have an odd shape but still fit perfectly. They are different, but they are one. And this shows us that these two pieces make up everything. In order to have one, you must have these two pieces. They are the figurative quarks that make up all of the figurative atoms of reality. Within wealth, there is a positive and negative. Within starvation, there is a positive and a negative. Within prosperity, there is a positive and a negative. Within trauma, there is a positive and a negative. These things all have these two components by nature. Although they are different, they are one, is what I said. They make up everything. So, yeah. I don't know why I wrote it like that. It sounds like I'm just lying. Uh, Whatever. (laughs) Finally, now, this time, actually, finally. Uh, With that, I said that you must necessarily have one for the other to exist. There is no light without darkness, nor darkness without light. Perhaps you could argue that physically darkness is the absence of light, and one day in the universe enough time will have passed where there is no part that remains dark in the night sky. And let's say that happens one day, the earth really won't have a night sky. This is true. But if or when this happens, everything kind of dies Uh, You can look at supply and demand in economics to see this. You can look at drought in nature. If you don't have both things, both light and darkness, both rain and sun, both supply and demand, everything falls apart. And I talked about the yin-yang symbol for however many minutes, but this episode is about balance. These two things must exist, and they must exist in equal proportions. In order for things to stay intact, there's a balance that must be maintained, a balance of negativity and positivity. Maybe not in equal proportions. I think it depends how much of the other you need. So the example we gave a second ago... uh, what was it? Uh, drought and uh, like rain and sun. I think that I don't. I don't think it's a fifty-fifty proportion. I think it is like seventy-thirty. You need like thirty percent water and a little bit more sunlight. Maybe it is more fifty with fifty with plants. I have no idea. But yeah, uh, some people may say that yeah. If you don't have both light and darkness, everything falls apart. There we go. Uh, I yeah. I will amend that maybe not in completely equal proportion. It probably depends on the situation, how much of either you need. I talked about the yin-yang symbol for however many effing minutes here. Like, that says nine, that says eight. I have no idea. Probably eight. Yeah, eight. So about nine minutes here. I guess things will get cut out. Like eight minutes here. Uh, Anyways, uh, these two things, they must exist. These two pieces of everything. And they must exist not in equal proportions, but that balance must be made. Is this this what I read? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, wait, no, 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 I didn't finish. A balance between negative negativity and positivity. Uh, some people might say that, uh, you know, there must be a balance in, say, success and failure, and you need to succeed a certain amount of times and fail a certain amount of times. That's possible, but actually, there is balance inside of failure. There's balance inside of success that operates separate from each other. Failure itself has balance and success itself has balance. You don't need to have your life balanced with success and failure. That would kind of be super depressing if it was necessary to fail the same amount of times that you've succeeded. That that would suck. Try your best to succeed. Don't probably don't try to fail if it happens fine. I think I've talked I have not talked about it before, have I? One day we'll talk about it more. I've definitely talked about it, but just not in its own episode. That was a lovely in introduction point. I can't remember the last time I started with such heft. Uh, maybe I should make a joke or something to release the tension. Oh, uh, here, I can I can give you this. This isn't a joke, but something dumb enough to let me let some pressure out of the balloon. So my MacBook has 512 gigabytes of storage. It's not too much, but generally it works. I delete most things, so I don't need that much. Uh, next time I upgrade my MacBook, though, I'm definitely going to get 32 gigabytes of RAM because some of the effing tasks in Mac really take some RAM. I, de- I, I would also like one terabyte of storage. Buying all the pro apps uh, this year on my MacBook, so Apple has an education bundle They'll give you like Final Cut, Logic, and a bunch of other of their like professional grade apps for like, which is a value of probably 800 to a thousand dollars. And they'll give it to you for 200 bucks. So I took that and I used Final Cut all the time to edit these things and to edit whatever YouTube videos I still have to film. And I use Logic sometimes to record my voice for those things. And so it was worth it. I'm very happy with my purchase there. But it really set me back. Uh, You know, it really set me back on this one. I probably could have gone to 32 gigs and one terabyte for the same price I paid if I didn't get those pro apps. But whatever. Um, uh, So in Final Cut uh, is when you are editing a video, you can have this background render on. So it renders in the background uh, so that when you do your final render, like your final export, it finishes super quickly. But these things, these caches or caches, whatever the freak you want to call them, for this background render, they hit some massive storage numbers. Holy poop, man. I was editing episode 80's video, and at one point, I had to go delete the cache, which was nearly 200 gigabytes, which is like almost my half of my internal storage. I might just move the library onto an external SSD next time, which is probably a really good idea that I only had while writing this script. But yeah, if you use Final Cut, yeah, maybe, maybe be aware of that or just turn off background rendering who knows anyways tension relieved i always label my scripts either humor deep stuff in the middle or education usually it's in the middle Uh, this one got labeled deep stuff so as i expected it to be a little bit more dense a little bit heavier so hopefully you're cool with that the next thing we're going to talk about is the importance of finding that balance within everything. And this was really spurred on by one of my friends who a couple of days ago out of nowhere sent me a reference to an Exerbia video saying, quote, and nothing can ever ruin this end quote, which is the title of a great Exerbia video. I love that one. I made some dumb jokes because that's usually what I do with the specific friend. And then he threw an elephant at me and he and actually opened up to me. I had no idea where this came from, but it was a lovely conversation. We got to talking about the meta idea of trauma and I asked him to name the pros and cons of trauma and he quickly pulled out the DSM-5 and said 
Well, Mashnor, a possible symptom of every single illness and disorder in this book lists trauma as a possible cause. He had a good point, but when I was asked, when I asked him to describe the prose, he couldn't really produce one, which is fair. What psychopath would name the prose of trauma? This one, of course, the one you love listening to every single week. Uh, the only negativity here is that you don't have 24 hours of episode every single day to listen to. Of course, I'm not going to give you the pros of trauma in this episode, nor will I explore that just in case that friend is listening. I'll probably send him this episode because I don't want to give him the answer. I love you, buddy, but that's for you, you to explore. Big wink. <laughs> what I will talk about is the meta idea of the importance of finding this balance. Why is it important that we know the pros of trauma? Is it something you want? No, I'm not telling you to go endure trauma. You do not need to cut your arm off to think about trauma. You do not need to get blown up by a creeper next to an effing ravine with lava at the bottom to think about trauma. It's stupid creeper, I will say that. But the reason that we should consider the pros and cons of everything is probably twofold. Uh, the first one is that data is great. The more data you have, the better your decisions can be. I use trauma as an example, but not just trauma, the pros and cons of practical things like college, buying a car, spending time with those people, or the less practical things, the pros and cons of success, of pain, of maturity, things that you know we dumb, useless philosophers like to think about. But the more you know about these things, the more data you have as a person and the better decisions you can make. Do you want to be a doctor, for example? College will run you 400,000 plus into the ground, which is a con, but after that 400,000, you will be one of the highest earners in America. So maybe it's worth it if, you know, worth it to go to school and be a doctor if it aligns with your wants and your desires. Hanging out with those people might impede your ability to study for your exam. Maybe you should tell them thanks for the invite, but you'll have to pass on that and you'll have to pass on your exam. So that's the why. Considering pros and cons will simply help you make better decisions. That's why that's one of the reasons that we should do it. And of course, the more esoteric fold is that knowing or meditating or considering these pros and cons will give you more closure. It will give you more truth. It will give you more ease. You see, we avoid a lot of things and that's fine for a lot of things. I've told you to avoid drugs, alcohol, and Android products or trauma too. I told you to avoid it to you know the best of your ability, but unfortunately, sometimes you cannot avoid it. Sometimes things happen and sometimes life sucks because again negativity does exist it's why positivity exists but if you think about the pros and the cons of these things if you truly in good faith consider the positives and the negatives especially beforehand so that you're not swept up in the emotion positive or negative when something really awesome happens you don't want to think about the negative parts this is how scams get to people when something really garbage happens, you don't want to think about the positive parts. This is how everything keeps hurting. It's not impossible for someone to keep the 
positive or someone to find the positives in trauma. I honestly can't think of another example at at this point other than trauma to to make these points but whatever uh, it's significantly harder for a person who's gone through a trauma who's in, or who's in the midst of going through a trauma to uh, you know think about the pros uh, but if we think about the pros and cons of all of these things before they happen so before you go through the trauma and we learn the ins and the outs the pros and the cons the positives and the negatives we can find that when it happens we'll be more equipped to handle it because sure a hurricane can come through our lives and destroy everything and ruin everything but the more we know the better we are able to take the pieces and put them back together if we see no positives you're not even left with pieces you're just broken and that's it there is no way forward there is simply incessant suffering but if we know the positives yes we should absolutely acknowledge the negatives but by knowing the positives we know what can be done from here we know what is available to us we know what we can use and what we have and how to go forward from there and that is extremely extremely important it is paramount that we understand these things because otherwise we're stuck what should have become a trip into mud becomes a a trip what should have be oh frick what should have been a trip into the mud becomes a deep pit of quicksand so i would implore you to consider the positives and negatives of more things in life the ba- this balance is extremely important to understand and consider for every situation in life good or bad positive or negative tomato or tomato oh my this one is going to go over 20 minutes well that's fun okay anyways i'll just i'll split it whatever i'll figure it out the last topic that we have here is the importance of you yourself maintaining balance and the example we have here hopefully getting away from trauma <laughs> is diet right after you know few doctors will recommend that you become a complete and utter gym shark and stop eating everything that tastes good it's a matter of keeping balance don't eat too many burgers eat more vegetables than meat eat more green stuff but don't eat that creeper that blew you up that's not good green stuff also just to by the way the reason you hate vegetables Whoever gave you vegetables sucks at cooking them. That's that's why you hate the vegetables. Vegetables don't have to taste like absolute and utter garbage. And I don't know why. In America, we have all of these foods, but then when we have this, then we have these like disgusting vegetables. I don't know why I just hit my mic. Um, you know these disgusting vegetables, and that's nothing more than a thing that you have to eat. That's depressing and not the case. Vegetables can taste good. It's not like vegans one day get up and are like, I just don't want to taste good food anymore. I just want to eat cardboard all the time. There are ways to make vegetables taste good without compromising their healthiness. Instead of hating them, learn how to cook them. That aside, the next example here is more pertinent to the mind, which obviously this podcast focuses a bit more on. I'm sure that you've heard of the hedonic treadmill. I don't know why I said that. I'm sure I'm I'm actually 100% sure that not all of you have. It's something that I've probably touched on, but I'm still saving it for its own episode. But the gist of it is this. In life, humans have a baseline where they exist at. Sometimes you get excited or joyful. Sometimes you get sad, but generally you'll always return to this baseline. 
And it's like the sine wave of ups and downs that always comes back to this equilibrium point. Some people will talk about balance and how sadness is great because it's the reason happiness exists. And that's true, except for the fact that you're not a monk and being sad kind of sucks. So the goal is to be happier or more joyful more often, right? Well, kind of. Remember, you're just going to go back to the same baseline again. So having higher highs and possibly lower lows isn't exactly a great answer. Rather, what we want to do, since we can probably never eliminate suffering or sadness or lows, since again, balance, those things must necessarily exist for the highs to exist. Life isn't a rectifier circuit, no matter how many capacitors you add, okay? So we can do all that we can do is raise our baseline or not all. So what we can do is raise our baseline level, we can increase the vertical shift of the sine wave up the y axis, we want to raise that equilibrium point that we go back to, along with that. And if you do that, you'll automatically your highs will be higher and your lows will be also higher. So it won't be as low either. And so you know, along with that, I will tell you to keep balance within yourself in that it's fine to be excited. It's fine to be sad. I had an episode titled be sad a few weeks ago, or for 20 minutes, I just told you, it's fine to be sad, and you should. But I encourage you to feel your feelings. What I will warn you of is not letting those things control you. Don't be taken over by those emotions. Let them be emotions, not actions. Maintain your composure and maintain your mental balance. Regardless of the emotions you're feeling, it's fine to cry. That's part of being sad. It's fine to be upset. It's not fine to scream at people, hit a wall, and break your hand, etc. Keep your balance. Finally, I want to say that even though the yin yang depicts equality between the two pieces, I will say that these pieces are constantly in flux, the negativity, the darkness, it might grow at times, the light, it might grow at times, it's part of that sine wave we just talked about. But the importance or the important thing is that we hold on and we don't let them become unbalanced. For moments, they may sway, but we should always try to keep that balance. That is all for this episode of Seriously Funny, a tad bit more serious than funny, but this topic is one that's near and dear to me and has been for a while. My voice is giving out on me. Anime-wise, I started watching Peach Boy Riverside. It's an action-adventure anime. It's super good. I really, really like the plot. They jump around a lot, but the animation and the story is super cool. I highly recommend it. Music-wise, Juice's second posthumous album, Fighting Demons, came out last week. It was not the best, but hey, new music is new music. What was amazing was Kid Travis's new EP, A Groovy Christmas. I was, it was, as the title implies, very groovy. I highly recommend giving it a listen. With that, though, I will call it here. Uh, thank you for listening to this one. It means a lot. As always, uh, much love. Until next week, peace.